This is Driven By, a podcast where we explore the intersection between passion and purpose. Sitting down and having conversations with risk takers, change makers, builders, and entrepreneurs to find out what it is that drives them. Creating a business? Sure. Um, But it all kind of stemmed from fitness. Mm -hmm. So I was really into fitness for myself. Um, I'll try to keep it short because there's so many juicy details in there. Um, But then I started, I actually got certified as a personal trainer almost seven years ago to the day, actually. And just realizing, like, I personally struggled with the nutrition aspect myself on my own journey. It's super hard. It's such a challenge, especially in black and brown communities. Like, we're not necessarily taught or given the same resources Mm -hmm. to understand what is healthy eating and... You know, white America definitely makes us think that our foods, our cultural foods, are the problem. Mm. Um, so I really wanted to, like, I realized how much my clients were also struggling with the nutrition aspect. And so I started going into um, really learning more about that and how I can help guide people and help them create healthier habits. Sure. And then meal prepping kind of became the next best thing. Well, and meal prepping, as many people will see it on the internet or whatever, the internet, Instagram, or any of these other TikTok, you know, spaces is that meal prepping typically looks like this like brown rice, vegetable, like meat situation. And it's not fun. It doesn't like look tasty by any means. I mean, people are like doing a better job at it now. But one of the things that I do love about your food from what I've seen, again, I probably need to jump on the meal prep train. (laughs) But one of the things I've seen is that it is, like, flavorful. It is, like, going to, like, take dips into, like, all these different, um, you know, cultures and ethnicities and so forth. And that, I think, is, like, so important because what you're doing is you're providing flavor in a traditionally, like, boring space, right? People don't like meal prepping because it's boring. Yeah, and a lot of times, like, we don't eat healthy because we think that eating healthy is boring, bland food. Like, I remember... Growing up, my mom would want us to eat, like, brown rice and, like, wheat bread. And, you know, you make you think that that's supposed to be the healthier stuff. And I would tell her, Ma, why do you want us to eat white? <laughs> like, yeah. our food has more flavor than this. But I definitely, when I started meal prepping, I was also pretty heavy into bodybuilding. Sure. So the menu that I put out was very much white rice, brown rice, chicken, broccoli, kind of everything that I was eating as a bodybuilder that I knew all my other clients would be eating as well. Right. And it took me some time to be able to integrate more colors and more flavors. And once I was actually charging people for the product, I was like, I have to put out a good product that I feel confident to actually like ask people for money for. Yeah. Which has pushed me to be able to learn different styles as well. Sure. I would imagine that that is like a very interesting shift for um, folks that are providing services. And I've had this conversation with other folks, um, whether it be photographers, videographers, um, you know, personal trainers, etc. But to get to a space where you're like, okay, I really enjoy doing this. I know that there are people in need of this, like people that are looking for a service like mine that is differentiated in the types of food that I offer to be able to start saying, okay, I confidently can charge this much money for the service. Like that's going to be a really interesting point for you. And I imagine it's challenging because likely you started this off by like serving your friends and like family first. 
Actually, not even. Really? So, because I moved to D.C. from Colorado. Okay. So, I don't have any family here. My friends actually make fun of me because in college, like, I still didn't know what I was doing when it came to cooking. And they're like, you try to poison me and now you're cooking for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I actually, I, 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 something I always talk about is having the audacity to believe in yourself enough to put a price on something. Yeah. Like, I believe in my product enough that you are going to pay me for it. Yeah. That's wild. And you're putting it out there to the public. Like, you're publicly telling people, I believe in myself. Like, what? Yeah. Because that's not the norm, you know? No. So that was definitely a struggle for me, and it still is. Also, my price point is a couple dollars more expensive than my competition. Sure. Um, but also, I get a lot of my competition's clients. Right. Because they're probably getting bored with, like... It's, it's different quality. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not the same to that you have to like get comfortable with especially when i was personal training as well to create my own prices yeah when i started working for myself it was the same thing but i was like you know what if i'm charging this much in a box gym yeah and i can continue to charge that price like i know what i'm doing again like people are coming to me for this service for a reason so that kind of helps like feed the self-esteem a little bit like like, they believe in me like let me believe in myself. I love that. I love that so much. I love the the concept around having the audacity to believe in yourself and to charge for your services. That's like a beautiful <laughs> thing. I think like it is an interesting and it's a niche mark. Like food meal prepping is becoming more and more predominant in terms of like these places that will ship like like worldwide or ship like throughout the United States and stuff. And I I, I hesitate for that because I can't imagine you're getting like the best product possible if it's shipping from like another part of the world. But I guess like before we dive into that, when you think about like who you were when you were like a little girl, like what you wanted to be when you were little, what did you want to be? So it's kind of funny. A story that always comes to my mind when people ask me that is I wanted to be an exotic dancer. Okay. <laughs> but- And I've seen your dance moves. No, I'm just kidding. But so when I was little, like I was asked that. So dancing really is like my first love. Sure. And for me, I think exotic, like I didn't know that that meant stripper. I'm thinking Chiquita Banana with the bananas on her head. Like like an exotic lady. Exactly. So I was like, this is up my alley, five years old. Like, yeah, there's a talk show that I watched growing up, Don Francisco and he would always have young um, kids singing and dancing on there. And my grandma swore up and down I would be on that show. <laughs> Never made it. But now she brags about that I work with President Obama. Yeah. She swore that's where I was when I moved <laughs> to D.C. Um, so I definitely did not see this being the route for me. Like sure. my sister was the one who would reach into the fridge, grab a few ingredients and create a whole new meal. Um, that was not me. Yeah. So the fact that this is where life has taken me, it's really random. Yeah. But I'm here for it. But it's still, it's very much still providing like a service that brings joy. And I think dancing too is something that like can be like a very like joyful thing for yourself, but also something that people can enjoy. And like, so I always try to draw a comparison, very different um, like worlds, obviously. But I do think that there's something to be said about somebody that's like, I just want to be able to like, do something that makes me happy, um, that brings me joy and also can be 
pleasing for others. And so whether that be exotic dancing or regular <laughs> dancing, um, all the same, I feel like uh, we're in a really, you're kind of like down that trajectory in a different path. It, it is as well, like the fact that I, I am somebody who, like, I have ADHD. So sitting we still, <laughs> no, but like, like actually, I, yeah. I actually have it. Like I, yeah. I was in special ed, like yeah. I, for me, entrepreneurship was the easy way out mm-hmm. of sitting in an office. Like, I cannot stay awake. Like, I was falling asleep at meetings with my CEO. Like, yeah. And he was, like, ready to fire me every other week. Um, like, my brain just doesn't work that way. Yeah. So where I knew, like, for me, like, coming to D.C., I thought I was going to have this, like, nine-to-five success story, mm-hmm. like, fit in with middle America, lose my accent, and... Now, the the life, the trajectory that I've created for myself, like, I'm making that little five-year-old proud because I'm, I'm so much more true to myself now than I was five, ten years ago. Yeah. Obviously, you grow into that, right, with wisdom and all of that. But, like, the idea that I had of success that I needed to achieve is not what I've not what I've achieved. Mm-hmm. And I'm even happier than I thought I could have been. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, one... Thank you for, you know, sharing, obviously, like your your past experiences and, and, you know, professional like white collar America, you know, that I think is a thing that there are probably a lot of people struggling with that, that are really just trying to like fit the mold and trying to like do their best. And there's probably some itch in them that's like, ah, I should be doing something else. So to know that you have the, um, I guess, strength to kind of like step into that or take a bet on yourself. I'm sure that wasn't like an easy thing for you to do. I'm sure it came no. with weighing out your like pros and cons and so forth. And we can talk a little bit more about that. But I think, you know, there's something to be said about knowing that you did this and you took a risk and then to be able to say like, okay, what I'm doing right now actually better serves me, not just from a like professional perspective, but also from a probably mental health perspective as well. Although, I would say that you've got to be like super busy. And so for you to be super busy, to be like, you know, out there now hiring people to go out and do your deliveries for you and so forth. Like, what is that like with ADHD? Oh my God. The admin, so my my brain is constantly working and the admin side, I've had to hire people to do other things. Like obviously the bookkeeping to, yeah. an, to an extent, um, like I have a financial planner, all of those things. The thing with ADHD is like a task that feels like it's so daunting just because it takes so many steps. Mm -hmm. Like you can't even start on it. Like I've had to add out to hire somebody and I've actually gotten applicants. But now like I'm just so overwhelmed with having to go through. Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely it has limited me like over the years, but then I have to remind myself the fact that I've still been able to achieve everything that I have with these limitations Mm -hmm. and, you know, these roadblocks and all of that. Um, Like I'm, but I'm definitely at a space where like, I, I can't do it alone Mm -hmm. anymore because there's so much more going on. Yeah. I mean, I think in some ways it could also be considered like a superpower too. Right. I'm going to give you that just in the way that like (laughs) your mind works in a faster way and you're thinking about things like outside of just what's in front of you. I sometimes look at ADHD as like a superpower, meaning the fact that like 
even in a kitchen, right? Like you can be cooking and doing something, but also be thinking about that, but also be executing. Like that's going to be like, oh, I'm sure you're tired, <laughs> but I would imagine like there is something that's also makes you very special and unique for having that. So don't, I mean, we, you can call it a. I I, I do appreciate that. Yeah. I've heard that. And as somebody who has struggled with it, like my whole life and only like, I was re-diagnosed again at 30. Yeah. And, like, I'm really starting to, like, learn what it is mm-hmm. and, like, how to live with it and cope with it and, you know, still um, excel with it. Sure. Um, I'm trying to still see, like, more of the positive side and not, like, beat myself down and just, like, yeah. keep that label of this is this is me yeah. and I'm all of these things. But sure, and I can do all of these things as well at the yeah. same time. I'd be curious to like know if it's also why like you can pick up on boxing combos like I don't well. think I can. I feel like you can. I agree. I'm say this right now publicly. <laughs> so I, I mean we've been boxing together for what almost uh two years maybe a year and a About, half yeah. almost. I'm like you are just like killing it. Like you, I don't. Wow. I, I was like having this. Con- I was like, oh my god, you're just like you've grown so much, and I'm just like I love seeing people, and I still have my moments where I'm like, how what the hell are we doing and I see you pick it up faster than me and I'm like that's amazing I love seeing people pick up combos and seeing people work so anyway we can move on from the boxing thing but I appreciate that because I feel like my brain is like no (laughs) (laughs) um so thinking about like what you're doing now and obviously like as your business is kind of evolving and growing I'm wondering if you've had like a moment yet where you can like say aha, like I'm doing exactly what it is that I'm supposed to be doing. Oh, so maybe I'm kind of in that space right now. So we, this will be my third year making six figures in my business. Go ahead. Or four, 2020, 2021, 22. Crap, into my fourth year, which sounds incredible, which yeah. is definitely a huge accomplishment. Because we, we hit six figures probably like four months ago. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. But the expenses have also been six figures. Yeah. Um, and I'm currently in a space where I'm fully panicking, like full transparency, like my business. There's just so much going on. And it's definitely a space that I need to start to pivot. Mm-hmm. I'd be lying if I said that I don't think, like, you know, just throw in the towel, like, every other week. Sure. But, like, this... So, my first business was called Find Your Dopeness. That was Mm -hmm. my training business. And I I called dopeness, like, that little, like, fire in you that keeps burning when everything else just can't. And that fire is, like, still in there. Like, that hunger, like, my mind is still going a thousand miles a minute. Like, I know I can't quit. Like, Mm -hmm. I know... Whether cooking is going to be what I continue to do, whether it's something else, but, like, I am building something here that is more than me. Like, sure, I've been able to help people accomplish their goals in so many different ways in the past seven years, whether it's fitness through nutrition, mindset, different things. Yeah. And that is so fulfilling to me. So, like, I get little... I saw a quote yesterday that said, uh, glimmers are the opposite of triggers. Mm-hmm. And that was like just so beautiful to me because I've, I've gotten little glimmers throughout the years reminding me like I'm on the right track. Right. And because right now I'm in this like 
panic mode, like I'm just trying having to remember all of those because girl, it's hard. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would imagine it is hard. Well, and it's I've asked that question to a lot of entrepreneurs over the the episodes that I've had, and this is second season. You were in the tail end of the second season, and I think you and maybe one other person, maybe the the first to say like, in the aha is coming in the moments of like challenge. And I think like, that's a really amazing way to look at it. Right. So yes, maybe the business, um, you know, is growing and like, you know, value, but at the same time, expenses have grown, et cetera. And you're kind of going through these moments where you're questioning yourself, but you're also seeing like, there is something here, there is value in what you've done. And to be able to kind of pull the two together, I think is a really beautiful thing. If you, um, kind of think about, uh, you know, the business and the, what you can attribute to getting to the point where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm making six figures. What is that coming from? Is that just coming from supportive community, word of mouth? Is that coming from you better understanding your own self? Like what, what has been that evolution for you? It's been a little bit of all of it. Yeah. Um, like I've definitely had to level up in a lot of ways. Like, mm-hmm. I'm self-taught, so I didn't go to school for culinary anything. I've taken maybe one cooking class in yeah. my life. Some of that's just in the DNA sometimes. Yeah. Though. And it's really about understanding and feeling in a free flow when you're in that space. Absolutely. Um, so I've had to, like, push myself to, like, learn new things. But really, it, it it's the community around me. Like, yeah. the boxing community. Like, I like meeting you. Like, Dawson as much as that man grinds my gears but like the way that we've been able to like partner together um just collaborate in so many different ways um the people that i've met through my business like one of my best friends started as a client of mine five years ago Mm -hmm. um so word of mouth has definitely helped because i've gotten opportunities like with a name like meals of dopeness that i thought was going to be limiting to me and so many people tried to get me to change the name like I've worked with Deloitte. I've I've had just incredible opportunities because of the name. They yeah. see the name and they're like, okay, let's yeah. bring them in. Like we want that. Exactly. I mean, so you've had the opportunity to work with some pretty like large clients and, and that wouldn't have happened without like some of the support and community that you've had, which I think is amazing. Yeah. And, you know, because I did start in the nonprofit world on, you know, I was on Capitol Hill as well. So I know we talked a little bit already about um, kind of the place that you're at right now. And I think, again, it's like a really beautiful thing that you can also look at this as an opportunity for you to have those aha moments that you're like down the right path. Um, when you think about challenges in your professional career, and it doesn't have to just be now in this season, but overall, like what has been the biggest challenge for you? Um, believing in myself. Mm. Definitely. Um, so I, again, you know, I'm self-taught. Um, so even before that, I, when I was getting out of the nonprofit world, I had a, um, a mentor who kind of was like, are you, I told her I wanted to get into personal training and I had like this whole plan of how it would work. And she kind of tried to talk me out of it. She's like, Mm. you think your mom would be like proud of that? Like she came to this country and all of that and you're going to throw that away. 
Yikes. And still at the time, I didn't see myself as an entrepreneur. Like, it took me probably two years into entrepreneurship to really be like, oh, snap, like, I'm doing this. Yeah. Like, full time, like, I'm killing it. So I- I'm grateful I haven't had many people, like, publicly to my face, like, doubt me. Yeah. But so that, it took me a while to get over that and allow myself to, like, go into this journey that I had no idea what I was doing. Sure. And then stepping into the the cooking world so i didn't i basically didn't know i was actually starting a business until it was in full motion i especially like as a self-taught chef going into a public kitchen a community kitchen space yeah i was so intimidated i was paying like 900 dollars in rent for probably two or three months before i even stepped like that's how bad my fear was of yeah. like being around other chefs because like they're gonna judge me for how I'm doing this like I'm just doing what makes sense to me right and girl I got in there ain't nothing but a thing like everyone <laughs> is doing their own thing half of them are self-taught and it really was just like a beautiful community of like everybody just grinding yeah um so it's like every kind of fear that I've had and and still like I'm still in the space of like imposter syndrome like there's other things I want to step into as a chef and I'm limiting myself but like slowly tiptoeing into it Mm -hmm. um but me I I'm 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 my my biggest challenge at the end of the day I mean that's true for so many people and so many different industries regardless I think in entrepreneurship one of the common themes that I've like heard in talking with people um, is this like level of imposter syndrome, especially with women. Yeah. I, we like suffer from it so much more than I think men. And that's just like deeply rooted in our like nature. But it's like, I would imagine that once you got to that point where you were like, oh no, like we're all just doing it in here. Like, ah, oh, what a relief. And like yeah. moments of that keep coming up um, for you and so forth. And I, I yeah, I, I applaud you for like getting past that. I I mentioned this earlier. I mean, this industry is like evolving and changing so much. I mean, go on Instagram. There's like 19 different ads for meal prep services. If you're somebody like us that like works out and reposts workouts and whatever. Right. And so many of these are like not in your local fair. Like these are national brands and companies. And I, I wonder like what your thoughts are on that. Um, I don't have honestly too many thoughts about it um yeah. kind of similar to what you said it's you can't imagine it's gonna be the most fresh like that i've had i i've shipped to afghanistan mm-hmm. i've shipped to texas colorado i've probably shipped to like eight different states yeah um it's not something that i do often because it is it's expensive it's expensive it's yeah. tedious like to have it be because it has to be overnight shipping right um because i'm not freezing the food um but even then like i don't have the same resources the same capacity to charge the prices that they do yeah but they yeah i i i I, my thing is like i don't want to get too big that i lose the quality and that's what i question about a lot of the like you know whether it's my my competition or you know like blue apron and stuff like that but people love it so obviously they're doing something right right but um, it's also a very different model from what I actually do. Even though I've had people request that I do something like that, but it's 
It can be for everybody. No, absolutely. And I think like one of the things that you brought up at the beginning that I think is like, maybe again, I might be speaking for you, but like as a key differentiator for you is that you are saying, hey, I wanna be able to provide a meal service that is not just healthy, but also flavorful. Yep, that is like um, fresh and also is like accessible. Like, yes, you know, it's gonna be a little bit more expensive, but it's going to speak to all people, not just be like, bucketed into a one type of person right it's not just bodybuilders it's like literally anybody and everybody maybe yeah. you're somebody that doesn't like to cook regularly or maybe you're somebody that does work out and you're looking for a, like an actual fresh option for meal prep which i think is like so important but i also heard you say something about um the importance of making sure that the food is um kind of speaking to also black and brown communities that maybe just like historically don't have the same access how important is that part to you? So in 2020, we donated just under 5,000 meals. Mm -hmm. So community has always been something that's very important to me. Um, but I took on so much in 2020 that I was kind of just overwhelmed. And also, like, I tapped into my own resources to be able to do that. Yeah, I mean, that's a really beautiful thing because that was a really hard time for a lot of people. It, it really was. And, um, like, Deeds of Dopeness is something that I had been doing, like, you know, raising money, donating. Um, but we did it right at the tip of COVID. And so it kind of just took on a life of its own after that. Yeah. Um, so I, again, with all the ideas that I have, I want my business to take on more of that community aspect. Um, that's just something I'm not sure how to responsibly do that without, again, burning myself out yeah. more and biting into my own resources that I still have to pour back into the business. Yeah. Um, so I have space to be because being that I am a little bit of a higher price point, yeah. I know that the community that has my heart doesn't necessarily have the resources for my services. Mm -hmm. um, like my service is definitely a luxury at this point. Yeah. But I'm still grateful that for those who are able to, you know, afford my services, you know, the majority are black and brown. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of the flavors that I put out, it's still introducing them to something different. Like mm -hmm. quinoa, half the time, people don't even know what quinoa is. They don't even know how to say it. Yeah. So I'm still able to pour into that community in other ways while I find a way to... I don't even have the words. Yeah. I, I'm also like, as you're saying this, I'm like, oh, my gears started ticking. Like we should partner and do like a yoga event that like the money raised helps provide X number of meals. I would love that. We should do that. Let's we should do, do that. Okay. <laughs> Amazing. Um, one word, if you can, that kind of drives you every day, what would it be? Faith. Faith. You are somebody that um, I appreciate very much because of like how public you are about your faith. And I know like, interestingly enough, our weird little boxing community like has like a good little um, faith-based situation there, whether we talk about it enough or not. When you think about the word faith as it relates to your business, how does that materialize for you? Um, so my faith has definitely it's something I've been working on like actively over the past couple of years. Mm -hmm. And 
the the more that I work on it, the more that I talk to God, the more I really see his hand in it, mm -hmm. in everything. Um, and one of the things I always say is I've survived 100% of my toughest days. Yeah. Like, that is the quote that really keeps me going. And at the end, at the root of that is having faith. Having faith that God has got me through all of it. Yeah. And, like, I've been down to, like, 2019, before. The year before I made my first six um, six figures, I was in the negative. Yeah. And I, my mental health was, like, in the dirt. I, I was just really going through it. So to know that God got me through that, that God has got me. Like, I moved to the other side of the world by myself, or the country by myself. Yeah. Um, it can feel like the world sometimes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> and, and that's hard, you know? So... His hand is in all of it. His sure. Hand, the, the opportunities that I've, I've gotten. Like, I've worked with NFL players. I've worked with day-to-day -day people. And that's what I love about my business. Like you said, like, it definitely speaks to so many people. Like, this weekend, we delivered to an elderly woman and because her daughter ordered meals for her. Like, yeah. we get that a lot. And to be able to literally give, like, food is life. Food is love. To be able to give that to somebody that's huge. It's a little part of, like, God in everything. I love the way you're looking at that. That's, like, beautiful. Thank you. Um, I guess if you were to offer advice to somebody that would be potentially taking the same giant bet on themselves, despite the fact that you've experienced challenge, despite the fact that you've, um, you know, struggled with also trying to find balance in, in kind of working through your ADHD and, and the things that we've talked about, what would that advice look like? Like, what would you say to somebody that approached you? Get out of your own way. There's just, it's like steps. So get out of your own way. Like, start. Like, even if it's not perfect, even if, even if you don't have the business plan. I had no business plan. I had no real idea. I just started. Like, yeah. I've heard this thing, like, just take messy action because you can clean it up as you go. Mm -hmm. One of the mistakes that I did was not know, and not even mistakes, I just didn't know how to run a business. So right. like business, separate business account and business insurance, it's like all those little things. Like, yeah. Even if you don't have that right away, like that's okay, but you should also get that. Right. Like that's another, like a big tip that I will say because you don't want to clean up that mess when it's too late. Right. And even when you don't <clears throat> believe in yourself, just think about all you have overcome. Think about, like I said, the surviving 100% of your toughest days to that point. Like, yeah. That alone, like, should, like, reignite that, that fire. fire. Exactly. Yeah. I, um, I think a lot of people have said the same thing. Like, just start. Like, stop doubting yourself. Yeah. Um, keep going. Like, it's all very easy to say and always hard to execute, but mm -hmm. it's really great advice and like something that people should kind of keep coming back to even write it down like yeah read it over let that be an affirmation for you I, I have it written probably in four different places in my house in a different way <laughs> you got this keep going yeah like, I'm very much for like because speaking positively to myself is not always the easiest thing so having it written down as a, a positive affirmation is definitely it's helpful. important yeah 
Um, if people want to get to know you, if people want to order meals, if people want to learn more about the business, if people are listening and they're like, ah, I want to be able to help like in some capacity, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? What is the best way for them to go about getting involved, etc.? So my Instagram, my personal Instagram is find your dopeness, just spelled out like that. Um, meals of dopeness is the Instagram for the meal prep business, but you can email me directly to chef at meals of dopeness with any questions, comments, ideas, collaborations, all that jazz. I definitely love to connect with other like-minded individuals, dope people. We love it. <laughs> um, yeah. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you talking us through like your journey, sharing like very transparently, like the current state and how you're feeling. Um, thank you for listening to my dog bark, um, <laughs> all the things. And it has been for me. Um, and I like to like, think about how I know everybody, but it has been such like an honor, like kind of like getting to work alongside you in the boxing space and like seeing like your growth and, and so forth. And also like for what it's worth, you know, it, life is a journey and like where you were before and where you are now. I mean, I see and hear about more people like eating your food and like being a part of your, being a part of your journey. So I'm excited to see where it goes. I have no doubt that there's going to be bumps, but you're going to over. All right. That's the show. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you heard, give us a follow on Instagram, driven by underscore blank, share it with your friends, pass along the good word. And for the love of God, continue to acknowledge your passions. Let love be your guide and always walk in purpose. Until next time, I'm Karen, and this has been a conversation about the intersection between passion and purpose.